Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Suddenly, we began to see a strange light in the sky, which was maneuvering in a very erratic pattern. This light began flying along beside us and did this for about 30 miles until we came to an area known as Indian Head. And at that place, this light left the top of the mountain, came out over the highway, and stopped in midair directly in front of us. That poor voice that you are hearing is the voice of none other than Betty Hill. That's right, the topic of tonight's episode is actually going to be the historical alien abduction known as the Betty and Barney Hill abduction. The audio clip that you just heard comes from an interview that was actually conducted with Betty Hill about their alien abduction experience. And if you would like to view the full video in the interview, I will have a link to that video on YouTube. But it is brought to us by the YouTube channel Area 51 Aliens. And the video is called Betty and Barney Hill Abduction. But if you're not familiar with this historical event, that's okay. Because we are actually going to talk about this event and break down what exactly happened and how this story came to be so legendary and how it's known today. But before we jump right into the story in tonight's episode, I wanted to get a few announcements out of the way. And I really hope these same announcements every week aren't getting on anyone's nerves. I'm just trying to get the word out there about this show and try to help get some new stories submitted to feature on the show. As I mentioned, I have had a couple of stories submitted, but not enough to make an entire episode quite yet. So that's why I'm reaching out again and hoping to hear from you, the listeners, about your own personal paranormal experiences. If you've experienced something strange or unusual, I really want to hear your story. When I started this podcast, I didn't want it to just be me talking about my own personal experiences. I wanted to hear from you, the listener, and build a community around this podcast. My goal is eventually to have enough stories built up from listeners that I no longer have to tell my own stories. Now, of course, if I have an experience that will relate to someone else's story, I will add to that. But I really would just like to hear everyone's personal experiences and hear stories I've never heard before. And like I've mentioned before, it doesn't have to be a classic ghost story. It can be anything strange or unusual. Just like in last episode when I discussed the Mothman cryptid. And like tonight's episode, I'm talking about the alien abduction of Betty and Barney Hill. So this podcast is really for any strange and unusual paranormal topic. And if you're listening to this tonight and you have a 
personal experience with viewing or seeing a UFO or having an encounter with what you think may be an alien, then I would love to hear your story. It's pretty common for almost everyone to have some kind of creepy story about a relative's old haunted house or some weird school or hospital that gave them a weird vibe. But when it comes to alien abductions and UFO sightings, those stories are a bit more rare. So please do not hesitate. If you have an experience like this, I absolutely would love to hear about it. So if you would like to submit your story, simply visit our website at experiencesunexplained.com and click on the Submit Your Experience tab. Or... My preferred method of you submitting a story is by calling our Experiences Unexplained hotline. And the phone number for that hotline is 1-270-290-0900. And even if you don't have a personal paranormal experience, but you know someone with a really good story, feel free to pass along that phone number and tell them to call it and leave that story. All you have to do is call that hotline number and leave a voicemail of you telling your story within a five-minute window. And it's okay if your story is a long story and it's longer than five minutes. Simply just call the number back and continue where you left off, and I will edit out the time in between and edit the two calls together, no problem. And the same should be said about any phone call. If you mess up or you're scared that you won't say things perfectly, I can edit things out. Trust me, the episodes that you hear aren't unedited. I do have to edit out when I mess up in things, so it's it's not a big deal for me to take out a mess up in your phone call, and I don't want that to keep you from making the call and telling your story. But anyways, enough with the announcements. Let's just get on to tonight's episode because it is an amazing story that people still talk about all these years later. Betty and Barney Hill were from a small town in New Hampshire known as Portsmouth, New Hampshire, inside of the Rockingham County of New Hampshire. This town has a fairly small population of a little over 21,000, and it's not exactly a huge tourist destination where everyone flocks to. It's just one of those old East Coast towns that kind of has a lot of history tied into it. But I'm not going to get into some long spiel about the history of Portsmouth, New Hampshire. If you want to find out that, you can research that on your own, but I am going to talk about the historical event known as the Betty and Barney Hill alien abduction. The date in which this historical alien abduction happened was September 19, 1961. Or, because it happened so late in the night or early morning, it was actually September 20th of 1961. On this night, Betty and Barney Hill were driving back from their vacation from Niagara Falls and Montreal. They had actually already made it back to their home state of New Hampshire, but they hadn't quite made it back to their home yet, and they were in an area on a secluded road in New Hampshire. And as you may have heard in the original clip in the beginning of this episode, Betty stated that this craft that they saw in the sky followed them for about 30 miles until they reached a place known as Indian Head. And just based off my quick Google search, it looks like an area in New Hampshire known as Indian Head is in a location known as Lincoln, New Hampshire. 
So according to several interviews done with Betty and Barney Hill, they stated that this aircraft or UFO, whatever you want to call it, first appeared around 10.30 p.m. As they were driving on U.S. Route 3, Betty claimed that she saw a bright star or light that started to move erratically and moved from below the moon and the planet Jupiter and moved towards the west of the moon. As the couple continued to drive down U.S. Route 3, they just kept an eye on this light and it just kept moving erratically back and forth and making really strange maneuvers in the sky. And as the night continued, as they continued to drive, they decided to actually stop at a scenic picnic area just south of Twin Mountain to take a look at this object a little better and to let their dog, Delcy, out while they were on the way back from vacation. Now, just to make things clear, they were not UFOologists or enthusiasts about UFOs. At the time, UFOs weren't that common, and it certainly wasn't something that people just claim to be enthusiasts of. In fact, until the Hills came out publicly about their experience, there were no public cases, at least not to this credibility, of experiences with UFOs and alien abductions. This story about the Hills abduction really kind of set the tone for other stories and experiences that were experienced later on in history. But anyhow, as they stopped at this scenic picnic area south of Twin Mountain, they got out of the car and actually used some binoculars that Barney had in his car to get a better look at this flying aircraft. Now, as I said, this was early in the days of UFOlogy, so they weren't just straight up thinking, oh, this is UFOs, this is an alien encounter, this is what we're experiencing. They were kind of skeptical and still trying to figure out what the heck this thing was that they saw. By getting a better look with the binoculars, Betty claimed that it was an odd-shaped craft with flashing multicolored lights that traveled across the face of the moon. And at first, Barney observed what he thought was a commercial airliner that was heading towards Vermont. However, based on what Barney observed while they were stopped at this scenic picnic area, he quickly came to realize that no, this isn't some commercial airliner. This thing is doing things that a commercial airliner cannot do. So they quickly return back to their car and head down the road They head down a narrow mountain road known as the Franconia Notch. And as they continued down this mountain road, the hills claimed that this object just continued to move and actually got closer to their vehicle and came out near the old man of the mountain. Betty claims that this moment in time is where she realized exactly how big this aircraft was. Betty said that the size of this craft was at least one and a half times the length of the granite cliff profile of Cannon Mountain, which was about 40 feet long, and it seemed to be rotating. And later on, Betty actually drew a sketch of the aircraft itself, and I will include that sketch in the show notes so you all can look at it, but it is two different sketches. One is of how the aircraft looked when it was about 200 feet high, 
and it looks like a circular craft with a red light on the side with windows on the front of people standing inside the windows. And the second picture of the sketch of the craft is when the craft was over the highway and it had descended to only about 100 feet over the field. And at this point, you see the red light kind of come out of the end of these wings that extend from the circular disc-like craft. So I could see where Barney could have mistakenly thought that this was a commercial aircraft. I know we have all looked up at a night sky and we saw, you know, a winged craft with red flashing lights on the tips of the wings. It sort of looks similar to our commercial aircraft, so I can understand the confusion there. As I mentioned, the craft began to descend rapidly towards the Hill's 1957 Chevy Bel Air. The craft had gotten so low that it was only about 80 feet above their car and it actually filled the entire field of view of their car's windshield. And as the craft got so low, Barney had to stop in the middle of the highway and since it was so low, he could get a really good look of this aircraft with his binoculars. So Barney stops in the highway, pulls up the binoculars, and looks at this craft. Barney described this craft as something that looks like a pancake, but it actually had windows in the front, and standing behind these glass windows appeared to what be 8 to 10 humanoid figures that were inside the craft looking back at Barney and Betty. It was at this moment when the craft was so low, when the wings on the side of the disc craft kind of expanded out with the red tips on the wings. And as Barney continued to look at this craft and the humanoid beings that was inside of the craft, he said that the beings actually moved, all but one kept looking at him, and the others moved to a wall on the side of the craft where there was a device or a panel, which I assume is what caused the wings to decide to spread out as it got closer. Now, what's unusual not that none of this other experience is unusual, but what's strange about what happens next is Barney says that the creature that is still looking at him, the one that's standing in the window still, actually communicates with him and says, stay where you are and keep looking. So this is about all the details that the Hills can remember on that night. Now, they didn't include all these details when they first originally reported the sighting. They didn't want to come off as crazy people. Barney was actually a worker at the post office, and he was actually retired from the military. And Betty was actually a social worker. So they didn't want to come off as crazy people. They were good people. But what was interesting, when they made the report, they said that they originally saw this craft at 10.30 p.m., and the destination that they were headed to, their home, from Montreal, was a little over a four-hour drive. But what was interesting is when they made the report, there was about two hours worth of time that was unaccounted for. This drive should have only taken about four hours, and it ended up taking them seven hours to reach their destination. They didn't realize that there was two hours of missing time until later on reflecting on the event. 
and they become a little uneasy, and they tried to explain where that time went. And there are some strange things and impulses that the Hills experienced after they came back on that strange night. For example, the watches that they were wearing that night no longer worked. The dress shoes that Barney had been wearing, he noticed the toes on the shoes had been scraped off. And the binoculars that Barney was using that night had a leather strap, and the strap had been torn, and Barney didn't remember the strap ever tearing. And Betty actually noted that the dress she wore that night had actually torn at the hem and at the zipper and at the lining of the dress. The night of the alien abduction, Betty had also been wearing these blue earrings that were missing when they got back to their house. What's really strange, about six months after the abduction, Barney and Betty had come home one evening and there was a pile of dead leaves on their kitchen counter along with Betty's blue earrings from that night. And to make matters worse, Betty actually ended up having some strange, vivid dreams about possibly what could have happened that night involving some strange men. These vivid dreams happened for about five nights in a row, and they were extremely vivid, more vivid than any dream that Betty had ever had before. And then as quickly as they started, they just suddenly stopped. They quickly tried to start to piece together exactly what happened that night. They knew something strange happened and they couldn't remember everything. They were having a mental block. And in desperate times, you're willing to really try anything to try to get answers and some peace of mind. So that's exactly what happened. Barney actually mentioned to his psychiatrist the topic of hypnosis and his psychiatrist actually referred him to Dr. Benjamin Simon of Boston. Now, I don't want this to seem like this happened overnight. In fact, the Hills didn't first meet Dr. Simon until December 4th, 1963. This was actually over two years since their alien abduction encounter and their roadblock of not being able to remember what happened was actually causing so much stress and anxiety to both Barney and Betty, they were trying to get answers. And in fact, it's been said that Barney actually started to have an ulcer, which was causing a lot of pain and discomfort in his life, all because he was just so stressed out and couldn't remember exactly what happened that night. Now, it's important to note that Dr. Simon was no ufologist. He was a psychiatrist, but he was just trying to help with the stress and anxiety. But he determined what the Hills thought was a UFO encounter was causing so much stress and anxiety for them that it is worth trying to do hypnosis and try to get some answers about what happened and possibly see if maybe they have some PTSD about that event that night. So over several different sessions, Betty and Barney are actually separated, so they're not telling their stories together, and they're not influenced by each other. They're actually hypnotized separately by Dr. Simon, and he records these therapy sessions, 
And during these sessions, Dr. Simon is basically just hypnotizing them and asking them to walk through what happened that night. He's telling them, you remember everything. It's a hypnosis trick. So he's telling them, you remember everything about that night while they're hypnotized to get them to actually remember everything about that night. So over the course of probably a dozen sessions with Dr. Simon, he puts their tapes together of their hypnosis sessions, and it is pretty compelling. You know, they are not voice actors. They are not out to get famous. They are a social worker and an ex-military veteran who works at the post office. And when you listen to these tapes, it's pretty compelling because they are very emotional. They are crying. They are scared when they're telling their story, and their stories are very similar to one another. And here's actually an audio clip from the very first hypnosis treatment of Betty Hill in 1964 by Dr. Simon. He asked me again, he said, is Bonnie his name? Then I would ask him, so that he says, he says, don't be afraid. You don't have any reason to be afraid. We're not going to harm you. We just want to do some tests. When the tests are over with, we'll take your body back and put you in your car. You'll be on your way back home in no time. And I wasn't sure what was going to happen, and we kept walking, and the body was still asleep, and then... You mean he was walking in sleep? Yeah, he was just like sleepwalking. I will have a link to the full video of this first therapy session. It's like a 40-minute video, but that was just a small clip in the middle of the video. And this is what Betty is referring to as their interaction with these humanoids that got off this craft. So she said that she woke up first and these men were walking them to this aircraft and that Barney was still asleep, and she was hollering for Barney, wake up, wake up. And this man was like, oh, is Barney his name? And she like refused to tell him that Barney was his name. And basically the man just said, don't be afraid, we're going to run these tests on you, and then you'll be on your way. And throughout these hypnosis sessions, both Betty and Barney described the same type of medical examinations. It was very similar to a physical examination that you would receive at a regular doctor office here on Earth from a regular physician. But they did actually reveal that during one part of the procedure, a long needle went inside their stomach or their belly button. One could speculate that maybe this is where Barney's stomach issues maybe started and why he had an ulcer. Next, I'm going to play a clip of Barney Hill's first hypnosis treatment with Dr. Simon. Take a listen. Yes, keep looking. Could you hear each other? Oh, i got to pull these binoculars away from my eyes. Because if I don't, I'll just keep staying there. Could you hear him tell you this? Oh, no, he didn't say it. You felt he said it. I, I know. You know he just said it. Just there, yeah. Just stay there, he's saying to me. It's All right. I'll take it my head. Just All don't right. pull All the binoculars right. away. God, give me strength. All right. All pull right. them down. Run. Pull the binoculars down and run. 
can hear Barney was quite hysterical. Both Barney and Betty was quite scarred from this experience. Again, I'm not going to play the entire clip of this interview. It was actually another like 40 minute clip, but I will include the full video in the show notes if you want to listen to this full therapy session and it's pretty wild. And the awesome thing about these hypnosis therapy sessions is how similar the details are. Now, you could say that Betty and Barney were married together. They had time to get this story together. But prior to hypnosis, there was a lot of these details that neither of them could remember. And that's what's really amazing about this story. Neither one of them could fully remember what happened that night. And there's audio recordings of these therapy sessions as they both start to remember exactly what happened. Now, some people might speculate that this isn't actually what happened and that these are forced memories that are being forced upon them by Dr. Simon. But if you listen to the full tapes of these therapy sessions, Dr. Simon isn't really forcing anything on them. He's simply just hypnotizing them into a deep, like, sleep And then he starts just asking basic questions and walking them through exactly what happened that night. He doesn't put ideas in their heads. He doesn't assume anything. He doesn't ask them misguided questions. He simply just asks them a lot to elaborate at times to get more detail. But he doesn't put these details into their story for them. But throughout these therapy sessions, there's been more details that come to light. For example, Betty actually talked about having a conversation with like the leader of these creatures that were on this craft. And this leader actually showed them a star map of all the places that they could travel. Betty said that this creature asked if she could point out exactly where they were on the star map. And because Betty wasn't an astronomer or knew anything about you know, astrology, she couldn't point out where Earth was on the star map. And Betty claims because she lacked the astronomy knowledge to comprehend the star map, the creature said there would be no use in explaining exactly how their travel worked and the star map worked. But basically, this star map had a bunch of different stars all over, you know, of the galaxy. And there was solid lines to the areas where these creatures could easily travel to. And then there was dotted lines to these stars and places to where they weren't as often able to visit. There is a picture that Betty drew out of this star map that I will include in the show notes of this episode if you're interested in seeing what that looked like. But there's also similarities between these creatures and what they looked like in both Betty and Barney's story. They said that they were wearing uniforms, they looked alike, they were wearing what looked like could be like military uniforms but not from around here. They both said that these creatures were pretty human-like in features, but that their skin was gray, they were shorter and smaller than us, and they had slanted eyes not similar to any other type of human on the planet. Their eyes were also further spaced out, like six inches, opposed to humans, and they had a small slit for a mouth. 
and they also explained that these creatures had a larger cranium-type area on the head. And I think that's how it's become known as the pop culture symbol as it's known today as little green men with small mouths and big large heads. It kind of originated from this Barney and Betty Hill story. After all the hypnosis sessions with Dr. Simon, he speculated that Barney's recollection of the UFO encounter was possibly just a fantasy that had been inspired by Betty's vivid dreams that she had told Barney about the nights after the encounter. However, Betty and Barney disagreed with Simon on this diagnosis, and Barney was actually now ready to accept that he had been abducted by the occupants of a UFO, but he never fully embraced it like Betty did. Betty was very open about it, and she talked about it over throughout her life and history. If you guys are actually wanting to read up more about this mysterious night and this event, there's actually a novel written about this called The Interrupted Journey by John G. Fuller. I will have a link to that book for you guys if you want to buy or read that book. But that is going to do it for tonight's episode. I really don't know what to make of this experience. It really is a historical, groundbreaking event in the history of UFOlogy. I think it's kind of hard to deny the legitimacy that Betty and Barney's stories, although they were separated, were eerily similar. And given the fact that they didn't remember all these details until they were hypnotized years later after the event, and they weren't claiming all these insane claims as soon as this event happened, they obviously weren't seeking out to become famous or known for their alien abduction. I think they were simply just a young couple on their way back from a vacation, and they saw some really crazy event and ended up getting scooped up in this aircraft, and some tests were done on them, and then were returned back two hours later. But whether or not you believe this encounter is true, and they are telling the truth, I will leave that up to you. But thank you guys so much for making it all the way through this episode and listening to the tale of Betty and Barney Hill. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have an experience that you would like to have featured on the show, please don't hesitate to hit up our hotline, 270-290-0900. And again, you can also visit our website at experiencesunexplained.com and click on the Submit Your Experience tab. All right, everybody. Thanks for everything. Good night.
Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.